What's up, everyone? Yes, it is I, your host, Natalie Morrison, and you might be thinking, wasn't this called Swim Masters? Well, yes, it was, and you're definitely in the right place. We decided that we wanted to give the podcast a bit of a makeover, and we're so proud to introduce to you Revoicing the Future, a Women of NAM podcast. Don't worry, it's still the same content, still the same hosts. We just wanted to take this to the next level. And we're excited that you're joining us on this fantastic journey. The episode that you're currently listening to was recorded before the name change. And I just wanted to let you know that you are in the right spot. So keep on listening. Be sure to subscribe and stay tuned for all new episodes of Revoicing the Future, a Women of NAM podcast coming soon. Welcome to Swim Masters, a podcast dedicated to help connect, grow, and support women in the music products industry. I am your host, Natalie Morrison. The Smart Women in Music Fund was established in 2018 by Robin Valenta, Dee Dee Hyde, and Crystal Morris to expand diversity, inclusion, and support for women in the music product space. Twice a month, I will sit down and host virtual conversations with various women across our industry to help foster mentorship and growth. Now, without further ado, Let's dive in. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Swim Masters. It's your host, Natalie Morrison, here alongside my trusty sidekick, <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I love it that I just thought of, um, what is it, Bullseye from Toy Story. <laughs> good, to, good to be back with everybody. How's everybody doing? It's, it's December now, right? It's the last month of 2020. <laughs> Deep exhale. Yeah, one, two, three. <sighs> we were we were talking today. Um, as a slight tangent, I got a new job. I'm now working at the San Francisco chapter of the Recording Academy, which is so fun. But we're planning a an event for our members, and which is like loosely planning themes. We can't do this, but I it popped into my head that. For everything that's about the ending of this year, like, you know, we started off this year and all this COVID stuff with um, like everybody being like, how are you doing? Let's check in. I feel like what we need at the end of 2020 is more like a t-shirt, like you survived a ride. Yes. You know, like I survived 2020 and we share our like survival stories now. <laughs> that that Mom, feels a lot it. more relevant than like, how's everybody doing? Truly like a really campy t-shirt. And that's what I need. Oh, I can't wait. It's so close. But even it's not going to end, but whatever. <laughs> well, yes. But I keep saying, I keep saying to um, people, I'm just like, everyone at the end of 2019 was like, 2020 is my decade. Like, like let's go. This is going to be great. And then everyone now leading into 2021 is going to be like, no, no, no. Do over. Now yeah. this is really my year. <laughs> And there's nothing wrong with that. We can all just be like, <sighs> well, and also like some people had great 2020s as the world crashed around them in their own little bubble. So it's just a really, it's been a, it's been a time. So I think we can, you know, yeah, all collectively exhale and be like, it was a yes. thing. And but it also take ended. the time to reflect. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's big. Seriously. Like take the time to, I don't know, just sit back 
and reflect on the year, the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, you know, I think reflecting on the craziness that's gone on will kind of help people close up this chapter with a little bow and kind of help move everyone forward. And that's just my two cents. I fully agree with that. That's a very good, like, like if we're not learning from stuff, then why, you know, why be alive? Right. Like the whole point is to be synthesizing it all and like learning and be growing and, and that helps us be present. So that's a really good, it's a really good little note on mindfulness. I love that. Thanks. Tips by Natalie. Tips by Natalie. Okay. Coming from your, your morning yoga mat every day. <laughs> Even though the woman recording this, it's 8.15 on a Monday I know. in New York right now. <laughs> and it's pitch black outside. Anyway. But how are you? Oh, yeah. Speaking of checking I in, I feel like we should just check in with each other. <laughs> Yeah, no, I love it. I'm I'm great. It's I'm I, honestly right now I'm incredibly Zoom burned out because I'm now in a, a wonderful new job, but I'm spending a lot more time on Zoom than usual. So I feel like I can actually put all these, you know, we've been doing a lot of talking about how to survive in this digital age, and and I think I need to start really doubling down on a lot of those lessons for myself. But otherwise, I am doing fabulously. I love I love my city. Things are well. Um, yeah, things are good. How how are you, Natalie? What's going on? I'm hanging in there. You know, I keep, I always mention, I feel like in these podcasts that time is moving really quickly, but I really feel like that is because once November 1st hit, that was like, okay, it's NAM season. Like, let's like, <laughs> even though it's all virtual this year, I'm like, oh boy, like, let's buckle up. Got to do all my press releases and all that jazz and yeah, it'll be, it's going to be interesting, but I'm still treating it as if it's a real show because it is a real show, just not in person, but I am hanging in, pushing through, you know, just reflecting on mm-hmm. life. How's New York city? Um, I think we're holding up. I mean, as we're recording this right now versus when this is going to air, it's starting to go downhill a little bit. Uh, so I don't know where we're going to be by the time this airs. But we will hope that it's It seems great. like Manhattan, which is where I am, is holding. we're holding our own. And it seems like Brooklyn and Staten Island and the other boroughs are struggling a little bit with the cases. So, so I think everyone's morale is trying to... I don't know. It's Christmas time and holiday season in New York. And that's always such a magical time. And I know that we're, the city is still doing a lot of the things that the city is known for, like the Christmas tree just arrived at Rockefeller Center and all Mm. those just like little things that I think are going to boost everyone's morale a little bit as we get into the winter. Um, But if you haven't been to New York City during Christmas time, it's magical. (laughs) All good things. Anyway, (laughs) back on track. Let's get back to it. (laughs) So, Stephanie, I think you should introduce the guest for today. Oh, yeah. Very happy to. Um, Today we are talking to Karen Dunn, who is the fearless leader uh, of KMD Productions, and she is just fantastic. So for just as like a a little cheat sheet on her, she – 
started off at Mix Magazine, was part of like the founding team of the Tech Awards, which now continue under their new NAM umbrella outside of Mix Magazine. And she's still the head of it, still, still kind of the go-to woman for all of the pro audio industries events. She's truly like the best connector I've ever like known. She's she's fantastic and has really built a career on really um authentic connection. She's she's just a master of of being everybody's friend, which is so wonderful because they're truly that that's all it is. She's just a wonderful person and and just loves her industry and loves her people and in that turn has has had a really really cool career of kind of being being her go-to person in her niche. So in this, we talk a lot too about, um, she's been doing a lot of digital events in the new COVID time. So we we talked to her coming up about a lot of uh, like really tangible advice on how to how to network in this in this digital age um, and still be your authentic self online, which is it's because it's a completely different medium, but there's a lot of advantages to it too, she's finding. So it's it was really cool to hear her perspective. Um, and on where and where she's going, where we're going in the future. Um, so it's a very it's very pro audio, but a very like entrepreneur. She runs her own business, very freelance focused, very uh, events focused conversation. So hope you enjoy it. It's fun. She's she's truly at a class all her own. So I I'm so excited to share share Karen's story with all of you. She's been a really wonderful mentor to me. So wanted to wanted to throw her in the spotlight, which she truly detests. <laughs> But, but it's important. She's got such a good story. So Karen, we, we love well. you so much. <laughs> I survived the podcast recording. Yes. That should be a sticker that we send people now. Exactly. Which honestly is so cool because it truly does prove to me that we're kind of bringing a lot of stories to the forefront that aren't usually, they're people that aren't used to talking about themselves. And I know. it's important. They have awesome stories. And they're all so different too. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we were saying. Everybody has different advice, different perspectives, and it's so, so valuable. So it's, it's our job to gently usher them into, into being comfortable with sharing their experiences. I think we should get into it. What do you think? I think let's do it. Woohoo! Hey, Karen, thank you so much for joining Swim Masters. Stephanie and I are so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. So, I would love to start and Take it back to the beginning and walk us through the evolution of Karen and the music industry, starting with where you got your foot in the door to where we find KMD Productions today. Okay. I've been doing this for 36 years. In fact, you can tell how long I've been doing what I love by checking out the banner over the Tech Awards. This year, it's going to say 36th annual. During those 36 years, it's expanded and gotten more complex over time, but it all began at Mix Magazine, where I worked on the very first Tech Awards and everyone since. So the overall story is I started my work career at a weekly throwaway magazine in Laguna Beach. I was the sports editor. They hired me to be the sports editor. They have great high school sports. So I covered all the high school sports and I was also the religion editor and the lifestyle editor, but that was just like editing press releases. But for the sports editor, I would go and and take pictures at the different events and I learned how to use a 35 millimeter camera 
and to shoot in the dark at football, high school football games. So from there, I moved back up to the Bay Area and I worked at a magazine in San Francisco called City Sports Magazine. And I was an editor there. I did freelance writing for different, you know, magazines and newspapers and stuff. I, I um, had a short experience at, as a business with a friend of mine who's a designer. And from there, I went from there to Mix. And then the rest is history. Today, I'm working on a lot of different types of virtual events, different platforms, different clients. I'm working a lot on connecting the industry through meetings, face-to-face meetings. I love it. Well, and so what? Uh, you played high school. You were viola too, right? You were like I, Tracy? I, no, I played viola from fifth grade Wait, to seventh Wait, you, you're a fellow violist? I did not choose that instrument. Fine. Okay. <laughs> I thought we were going to bond here for a moment, Karen. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Well, I didn't choose. It's a beautiful instrument. I was horrible at it, but I, I appreciate people who play it. Thanks. <laughs> One thing I, we have so, a lot of our <laughs> you're great, Natalie. Um, what a lot of our, or not a lot, but a handful of our guests have, have there aren't practicing musicians, and that's something that they've been wanting to to hammer home too. Like you don't need to be like a rock star musician to work in the music industry. It has its own great culture and there are perks to working in it other than your own musical interests, right? Right. I ha- I have no musical ability. I don't want to be a singer. I don't want to play an instrument. But what I want to do is what I'm doing. I want to bring people together and create experiences. And Pro Audio has offered me that opportunity to do that. I love it. And music people are just great. So there we go. And they are. I love this industry. I absolutely love it. We're one big happy family. (laughs) Mostly. (laughs) What was the transition like from working for other people to yourself? I actually worked at Mix full time. In 2009, I became independent and started KMD Productions. I realized pretty quickly that you need to have a different set of skills and organizational tools to succeed in your own business. It's necessary to have a solid financial and a a solid legal structure. You know, of course, you want to have systems in place and processes for hiring other freelancers, which I've been doing throughout having my own business. Yay. I love it. What were some of the things that you were seeing that you were doing really well that made you think that you you should be doing it for yourself? Like what what skills were valuable for that? Well, I'm very detail-oriented. But the main impetus to to have my own business was I wanted to work for myself. I wanted to have my own hours. I wanted to be able to choose my clients. And I wanted to just do what I wanted to do. Mm. And that was one of the reasons why I went into having my own business. I've talked to other people since I started, and they would be great as a business person, but they they don't, they're too afraid to take that leap. Mm-hmm. And I just I was so focused on what I wanted to do that I I wasn't afraid of it. I just was go. I mean, I was afraid. I was afraid all the time, but I just had faith and I had a, I had a vision of what I wanted to do and I just went after it. That's how you do it. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Well, and so with that too, I'm sorry, Natalie, I'm monopolizing, but what, um, so after making that leap, (laughs) like, what do you, what do you wish you knew 
about freelancing that was unexpected once you'd once you'd started your own business? And I guess in that way, like what wisdom would you then impart on anyone that was that was wanting to make that leap to to be prepared? I think um one thing that I suggest to others contemplating starting their own business is finding mentors in the areas that I was talking about earlier about the financial and legal structure and those systems and processes you need to have set up before you launch your business. It's this, the importance of early mentoring. It's what motivated me to start the KMD Pro Speed Mentoring Program. This program, you know, it, it provides music production students with the ability to connect with leaders in their chosen field to help them navigate through these areas. So I'm just trying to bring it full circle. Yeah, I love that. Who who were some of your mentors when you were starting out? Or did you kind of, is that why it's so important to you that you had to kind of like feel it out yourself? Well, here's the deal. I don't reveal who my, source, who my mentors were. It's <laughs> part of my... Part of my secret sauce. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Well, now you have Karen's kids, your army of your own. So yeah, and your the speed networking and, and mentoring events have been so invaluable. I just keep hearing from everybody. So well, thank you. But I, I feel very fortunate to have been able to be part of all of these too from, from day one. And so I've I've watched you like from COVID's beginning just like help help the music products and pro audio community be a community again. Right. So, um, and I, it's funny because that's my only ex- like experience of you and community is, is post COVID, but right. I know just watching how much everybody loves you and loves working with you, that that has must, that must have always been, um, a thing. So in the way that community plays a huge role in the way that you run KMD pro, like how has cultivating those true friendships and relationships translated to, to strengthening your business? And like, what are, obviously it's important, but like, what have you seen as like the huge, like it's kind of a no brainer question, but for someone that might be new to the whole process of building these business relationships. Well, 36 years ago, when I worked at mix, it was one of the main communication vehicles for the industry. So because I was working on tech, I came into contact with key people across the audio production spectrum. And what I learned from that is developing access, developing trust, and developing friendship. It's really critical to being successful in this industry and actually in any industry. And the other thing that I found through this is don't forget to give back. Contributing your time and your learned expertise back to your industry is really important and it's very fulfilling. Oh, I love that. I try to have that mindset as well with the people who have helped me get to where I am to then give it back to the people who also want to join this industry and have the same opportunities that I had or whatever future opportunities present themselves. Right. I totally agree. I think that you know, you're helping the the next people up to keep this business, you know, the pro audio industry to keep the industry going and prospering. And, you know, who doesn't want to turn around and help the person behind them? Well, I think you brought up an interesting point too, that it's such a small industry that that's also just part of it. You need to be trusted um, or you're not really going to get very far. That's exactly right. I've, I've told a lot of people that Especially uh, um, with the tech awards, um, I have a large day of staff and I've worked with a core number of them for many years. And a lot of them started as students. 
And the one thing I always told them from the very beginning was you have to be nice to everyone. Even if there's people you don't like, if there's someone who hasn't been nice to you, because if you're not nice to the person who is taking the calls at the front desk, you don't know that in six months or 10 years that that person's not going to be your boss because this industry is so small and they all just move within the industry. So, you know, you just got to be nice to everybody. You got to treat them all with respect. And I, you know, that's what I do. That's what I try to do at all my events. What was it? What was the, what we just wrote about in the white glove? What's tell, say your, your great line that we added. I love that. Oh, it, it's, um, a friend of mine told me this. He said, treat rock stars like a regular person and treat the regular people like rock stars. Uh, and that's what I do across the board in all my events. Yes. So I love great. that. <laughs> that's amazing. So because you have been really instrumental on hosting speed mentoring and speed networking events, what tips do you have for people who might find networking intimidating? And do you have any secrets that you've witnessed to be successful? Yes. Number one, (laughs) (laughs) number one, be your authentic self. You have to be who you are. People, they don't respond to the, to, they don't respond well to fake personas. Mm-hmm. They really don't. And if, but you, if you go in and you're yourself, then people will respond to that. And if you're in a situation, a networking situation with a person who may be intimidate you, you have to remember that they're all regular people. They might be superstars, but they're basically, they're all regular people. So if you can remember that part and you treat them respectfully, but like a regular person, like, like what, um, you know, Stephanie and I just talked about, you treat that rock star like a regular person and then you just, you get past that intimidation. You just got to get out of your comfort zone. You got to do what, whether or not you're scared of doing something, you just got to take that one step forward. You got to put yourself out and be yourself and just keep moving forward. I love it. Well, and that ties in with like our, the smallest of our industry, right? I think that can be valuable or that is valuable. That helps you be trusted because if you're authentic and even if it's something as simple as like, you know, admitting on one of these, these breakout room things, like, Hey, oh my, like just being really cool about it really fast. Like, just want to say like huge fan of your work. Thank you so much for what you've done. And then going into something else, like acknowledging that you're kind of flustered makes people it, it gives the person like, yeah. oh, that's fun. But at the same time, like it also makes everybody just feel a little more, I don't know, it's authentic. And that's trust. Like right. thing. That's, that's how you build trust. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And I've been telling, I've been doing some talks back at my alma mater and just explaining to them how the reason where I am today is because of networking. Like I, I wouldn't be at the job that I'm at if I didn't decide to just have a, an informational interview to get to know that person for who they are and not because they might have a job open. That's not going to get you anywhere. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and there's lots of instances where I'm meeting people that I don't know why. Mm-hmm. There's no purpose. <laughs> there's not a purpose. It's just an event that I'm at. But in five years, in 
five months, there might be something. And you've already established a relationship with that person. I follow up on everything. I'll send a note. Just it can be really simple things. But when you take that extra step, people appreciate it because it doesn't happen all the time anymore. Absolutely. And you have to make it personal too. Yes. Karen's the queen of the thank you card, the tangible <laughs> thank you card. It makes me so happy. <laughs> but it, it's true though. Like people know when you're sending them like an automated mass thank you. I write a lot of personal thank you notes. I handwrite them. So great. Well, and what's your take on like how, so say someone just finished up, we'll go into this a little bit more about, I, I guess we could do it even now. Like one, I, I would love to give everybody listening like an overview of what, what our speed now hour, <laughs> I have this problem, everybody listening where I refer to Karen and my things as we's and ours. Um, <laughs> so anyway, Karen's KMD Pro That's speed. Okay. When I have problems, I always talk about how we're going to Exactly. <laughs> Um, but so for, for the KMD pro speed networking and speed mentoring events, and I guess specifically more mentoring in this capacity. So someone, someone hops on, they get in, it's, it's a large group and then they get put off into breakup, breakout rooms and matched up with, with mentors who, who go with them. So say there's right. someone who was in this room with, with, uh, a mentor, say they're in with like Sylvia Massey and that's wow. And, and everybody exchanges their emails at the end. What would you recommend is like, uh, I don't know, a, a non creepy way for people who are engaging in these digital networking things to, to follow up with people. And, and like, what, what's just like in your mind protocol to, to reach, reach these people, um, in a non, you know, in a way that doesn't overstay their welcome, but at the same time, doesn't, doesn't not have any follow-up attached to it. I've um, seen over the course of the speed mentoring networking events that I'm doing that um, the mentors like to interact with the students afterwards. They put their, you know, they post their, their email addresses for the students to respond. And a lot of times they'll come back from their eight minutes together and I'll hear Al Schmidt or Sylvia Massey or someone saying, Email me my emails in the chat. What the students have to realize is that the mentors are really busy. And mm -hmm. I've had a couple of the students email me and say, hey, this person said for me to email them and I haven't heard back. So what I tell them is you have to be patient and they're busy. You know, there's a lot of things going on right now. So you just have to be patient. And if they don't respond a couple of weeks, then you can follow up. And it's just, hi, great to meet you. I would love to talk to you more about whatever the subject was they were talking about. And I totally. think that, you know, you, you just, it's kind of laid back way to do it, but you, you should follow up if they don't respond, but then they also have to realize that these people are busy. They have jobs and they're trying to figure out things in this COVID environment. But that's really interesting but, too, though, because we, like pre-COVID, yeah, we were busy with our jobs and everything and, and I don't know, well, either traveling or something like that, but I guess the, the time for people to respond was like, you would follow up with someone like maybe a week later, but because everyone I feel like is like 10 times more busy under these COVID yeah. circumstances, that timeline is now pushed a little bit more. 
Right. Yeah, which is so what you think it's counterintuitive because we're just glued to our screens all the time. But yeah, there are there are start emails I have in my inbox for for things that I just stare at because I'm like I don't and maybe it's an anxiety thing because now we're just on it so much. But like there there's you know, and, and you just like you know you have to do it, but you there's so many other things and you just Yep. Yeah. And and you you know, you realize too that a lot of people go from Zoom meeting to Zoom meeting to Zoom meeting. So it's not like they have time to respond to anything anyway. So it just takes longer. Yeah. Totally. Well, and I think that's that's a tip too people can keep in mind because I write for this other music publication and I tell these artists that reach out to me or the the publications like feel free to bug me please like I'm I'm busy. So if I'm not getting back to you it's not because I don't want to hear from you. So I think establishing yourself too not being afraid in a respectful few weeks being like hey just you know putting this back on your radar like I had such a great time talking to you. No pressure. I know you're super busy but would love to touch base again at some point. Like that can be also a plus making them feel like they don't need they don't need to be stressed about about your correspondence. Yeah. You're a safe place for that. Right. And and I get people wanting me to respond to things or to introduce them to people. And I I try to be as timely as, as I can, but I can't always do that. And and when I get follow-up emails, it's fine. I don't ever feel bothered by it. It's like, oh great, I'm glad this person emailed me again. It reminds me I need to answer. So it's actually helpful for me. So you were a live event producer pre-COVID and will be again post-COVID, but I haven't seen anyone doing as much pioneering work in virtual events as you also, I don't, you know, you're most of the world that I've been touching, but like at the same time, like I, I just haven't, like you, you were doing all of this, the speed uh, mentoring, speed networking, all, you were also like trying things out immediately. I mean, and now I feel like that's more of a common practice I see is, is as people slowly get to do this more, you're still kind of one of the pioneers of that. So from being on the forefront of it, what do you see coming up next that you're super excited about, like working into KMD Pro events? Um, and and like what, what else is coming up on the KMD Pro events agenda for people to keep an eye out for? It's definitely a very challenging time for the entire industry events and otherwise, right? Um, People are used to -to face-to-face contact. We're social animals and we need interaction. So many of my online meetings that I host have that at their core. It's that personal interaction while building a sense of community in these difficult times. So uh, I've had the opportunity to experience a like you're saying, Stephanie, I've experienced a broad variety of online meetings across multiple platforms. The added benefit for me is I've learned the pluses and minuses of the different applications and which is best to use for a specific purpose, which brings me to the fact that I'm working now on bringing the best of all these systems together to create a platform of my own. So like more on that later. Woo-hoo. And even like trade shows too, right? Like I keep I keep talking about the small small scale ish, which are still not that small ones. But like you've you've worked on a virtual trade show, which is just such a large scale. It, yeah, it was it was interesting. It was the um, mixed um, sound for film and TV event that has I guess this is year number five, so or six. Um, I've worked on it from the beginning, and it's always been a physical show at the Sony music a lot. Um, and it's a great facility, right? Because it's Sony and you don't get to get on that lot very often. 
So translating it to a virtual event was interesting. And um, for me, everything that I do is, and the part that I liked about this platform a lot was that there's a lot of interaction between people. There's so much online right now that I think the thing that you can do to make your event different is to have as much interaction as as possible, whether it's um, chat time or um, one-to-one video or calling. If you can have that interaction between the attendees, I think you're a step up. Totally. And, And keeping in mind that like these online events are kind of like the great equalizer in terms of access. Like you can have so much more access to people that, that you wouldn't before. And so that, I feel like that's something you've been able to harness too, is just like expanding audiences for things. Yeah. And that's, that's really true with the speed mentoring program. Um, A lot of these kids, I don't know if they'd have an opportunity to spend eight minutes with a lot of the people that are mentors. And I think it's, you know, there's a lot of things that are really hard right now, but I think when you can get that and it's more of an equal playing field and you can meet people face-to-face as, as well as you can virtually, you know, you're meeting face-to-face 2D, trying to make it a 3D thing. I think that's, that is, has actually been a good thing because people are online and it is an equal playing field. It's almost as if it's like a blessing in disguise, Totally, totally. Like you just imagine a giant, say you'd be at, at an event like Make Sound for Film. And there's only so much time after it to try to talk to the people you want to talk to no matter what. And then if they're co-opted by someone that's talking to them for say 20 minutes and you don't get your chance to talk to them, you aren't going to get your chance to talk to them. Like I think of the chairman's reception at NAMM. Oh yeah. You just, it's so hard to to do that. So this is, a, is an incredible way to like completely circumnavigate the challenges of in-person networking. Um, and guarantee that you'll get FaceTime. Exactly. And your, your uninterrupted time, right? So you don't have people coming up and tapping the person you're trying to talk to on the shoulder or drawing that person away to go talk to someone else they need to talk to. Exactly. So that is a huge plus. Also just tips for how to navigate attending a virtual event as well. And just being mindful that you have this really rare opportunity right now that you probably won't get again, once real in-person events become a thing, which hopefully is sooner rather than later. But yeah, because like we were mentioning earlier, if you're at a live trade show and you want to meet up with someone, you might not even get that opportunity because your schedules are so wall to wall. So take advantage of it. Totally. Right. Right. And, And in like virtual trade show, there are opportunities to actually set up meetings, right? So you can you can set up meetings with all the different people you want to get to. And it's not standing behind five people who want to talk to that exact same person. Do you think that even when live events come back, we'll still have remnants of this that kind of eke in? Yes. Yeah. I think hybrid events are going to be, you know, I would think they would keep that because it expands having the virtual element of it really expands your reach. So there, you know, there are a lot of people who can't come to events, whether it's because of the time or uh, the distance or the amount of money you have to spend. The virtual world broadens everything. So people around the world can see an event virtually. And, and at the same time, the people that can go, can go. So you're actually expanding your reach 
So why wouldn't you want to do it that way? I mean, I'm, I, I love in-person events. So I like that, but I, I do like the idea of being able to reach a wider audience and have more people participate. I think that's a good thing. I feel like we're almost in like a new technological revolution at this point. Like our world has just permanently expanded and it's not, it's not going to contract again in such a way as it was, right? Like everybody's it's, we're all, we're all online now and we know we can be. So it'll be interesting to see what the hybrid world looks like once, because we've swung so far in this direction on the pendulum. Yeah. It's not going to be the normal we remember ever again. It's a new normal, which is exciting though. And it's, it's, Change is great. Change is scary. It's exciting. Uh, but change is a good thing because it forces you to grow. So speaking of change, this is a great segue. As we know, things obviously continue to change. So what do you hope to see for the future of the music industry? Well, creating music is a fundamental human need. Technology simply enables it. The technology's been you know it's been evolving for decades, but of course it's taken a major jump now because of recent events. We do have to obey the laws of physics <laughs> and having musicians in different parts of the world actually playing live in true synchronization, it's a difficult thing to accomplish. However, tools are being developed right now that are getting us really close to that. So I think it's exciting in this time of isolation that technology, this technology, it's it's allowing people to make and listen to music. It's helping relieve stress and it's keeping people happy. I think music is at our core. And in our future, I see uh, I see a lot more music and a lot more personal connections. I love that. Enabled by this new technology that we have. That's such an yeah. optimistic way of looking exactly. at technological I advancement. I love it. Well, we got to, because otherwise we get scared, <laughs> right? So we got to be optimistic about it. Right. And, you know, like we've talked about throughout this, there, you know, there's, you just got to keep moving forward. And there is a lot of positive stuff in what's going on right now. So we just need to keep, you know, going forward in leaps and bounds. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Do you have any last like tidbits of advice that you would want to share with anyone just starting out their their career in music? And especially like a woman as we're as we're speaking directly to like the women in music audience. Like what what wisdom would you want to impart on someone as they embark on their career? I think that have a plan, have a vision, and even if it scares you, just keep moving forward. And if you have a bad day, know you're gonna go to sleep and wake up the next morning and be able to step forward again. Oh, I love yes. that. I needed to hear that today. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's one of those days. <laughs> it's really true because the day ends and then you get to start again tomorrow. So you just you just gotta remember that. And and change, it's really scary, but it's also really good. So that's what I have to say. I love it. Well, Karen, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with Steph and I and telling your story and just being the rock star that you are in this industry. <laughs> we really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of Swim Masters. 
Don't forget to follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn to stay up to date on all new things swim. We'd love it if you'd share and leave us a review. If you would like to learn more, please visit www.smartwomeninmusic.org. This episode was co-produced and edited by Stephanie Lamond and Natalie Morrison. See you next time.